Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much again for joining me this week. My, motiva- my motivational quote for today is actually by Katherine Hepburn, and it says, If you have to support yourself, you had bloody well better find some way that is going to be interesting. The landscape of corporate America has drastically changed over the past two decades. Long are gone are the days where an employee stays with one company for 45 years or for their entire career before retiring and, this is a classic word, receiving a pension. The millennials might be listening and saying, who would be crazy enough to do that and stay with one company? How limiting. Many of us are also thinking, is it actually that long ago that loyalty to a company for an entire career has been a thing of the past? For almost two decades, am I really that old? The reality is that many folks in their late 40s or even early to mid-50s are downsized and left redefining their career during the last leg of their work life. How did this happen? You know, people are saying, why me? Today our discussion is all about the changing times in corporate America and how redefining doesn't have to be boring at all. My guest today, Michael Rubenstein, he's president of Trillion Funding, um, has quite a story to tell that redefines how you will define change in career at midlife. Are you ready to journey from financial persona to award-winning Broadway producer? Sit back, grab your popcorn, and settle in as we explore what is truly possible at middle age. So, Michael, welcome, and thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm very honored and uh, look forward to our conversation. Yes, I think everyone is, I hope that just tickled uh, the surface of what we're going to discuss because you are truly one interesting uh, gentleman. So let's jump in. And first, let's talk about the last 15 years and, and the transition just in business employment in America and, you know, just in your career, what, what have you, what has you, what have you seen change? Uh, I think you're in your, your process where you say really the, the days are gone where employees and employers have felt that it's a lifetime together. Uh, it's more defined in terms of probably 24, 36 months blocks of time. It's a, it's been about um, cost containment it's been uh, on the employee side, uh, we go through a lot of boom busts. We, we seem to be going through a nice stretch of economic growth and stability, but we all know that uh, eventually that will cycle. There will be a uh, downside. Uh, employers will re- react accordingly, and the, the question is, well, will I lose my job and will I end up someplace else? For sure. Why? Why do you think the shift has occurred and has been so drastic that, you know, you work for a long time, you're loyal to a company, you're committed to the company, right, all your efforts, and then later in life that the downsizing is, is more common than not, I think. Well, again, the companies are bought and sold. They dynamically shift. Uh, what's fundamental in our life has been the, the advent of the computer, the, the mm. worldwide uh, economy and the, the ability to use labor in many, many markets uh, outside of the United States. So I guess maybe about two, three decades ago, your competition was within the, the borders of the United States. Today, you're part of that worldwide economy. 
uh, computers have made it and technology has made it such where the employee can be much more productive. Uh, you need fewer employees to accomplish the same amount of work. Uh, treaties like the NAFTA treaties where, uh, where pretty much we've lowered our, our, uh, our duties and, uh, and our barriers of entry into the United States for not only goods but for services, including human capital services. So uh, we're, we're a few hundred million, and the rest of the world are, are billions and billions. So that's put a, a lot of pressure on the, the wages and, and also uh, the efficiencies and where, where an employer is going to be higher employee, employees in the United States. Yeah, and the technology isn't going to stop. It has become even more easy to connect globally with Skype and all of these other, it's not even just phone calls and faxes anymore. It's that, bam, on-the-spot connectivity that we have globally. So it's um, definitely the, the employers have options, but the employees have options as well. And that's why I'm really excited that you're on the show because your story that change at midlife doesn't have to be a downer, but really can be life-changing and exciting. So that's my next question to you. Can you please tell us your story? Uh, you know, again, I, I alluded in the beginning, financial exec to Broadway producer. What? Like, that's crazy. It, it is. Uh, I never would have thought uh, that it would have occurred to me. Uh, I'm a, an accountant by vocation, a financial manager for many, many years. Uh, after 9-11 and what I call uh, you know, one of those big recessions or, or part of the Great Recession, the decade of the O's, uh, I took a left turn and I became a mortgage broker for uh, for about three to five years. I, I had a few very good years uh, and I didn't never sold a financial product in my life. Uh, I joined a company which was a residential mortgage company uh, where out of 250 mortgage brokers, I was a number two broker. Uh, I must have closed about uh, 75 or 80 uh, residential transactions in the course of a 12-month period of time. Wow. Uh, and then uh, we saw it was great. During the, during the, the days of, uh, of tremendous growth in mortgages and exotic products, uh, it was very, very strong. And then the financial collapse came, and I found myself struggling for a couple of years uh, being that broker. And then eventually I went back to being a financial executive. Uh, it was during the, the mortgage brokerage years that uh, I had a friend approach me who asked me if I'd be interested in, uh, or knew of anyone who could assist the Drama Desk Awards, which is second to the Tony Awards on Broadway, with uh, fundraising and management. Uh, and that was, uh, that was quite uh, enticing to me, and I said I would be interested. And that was my first introduction into uh, Broadway was through an awards platform, uh, and that's how I started. Uh, How can I ask you when he approached you? What was the intrigue for you that you're like, yeah, I'll do this? It, it really, it was more like the the red cape in front of the bowl, and it was a, a friend of the the person who was was managing or the executive director of the Drama Desk Awards at that time. Uh, so really, I, I, I turned it around from, and it's a great it's a great technique. Uh, whenever you're you're asking. Uh, a, if you're asking for assistance or referral uh, when approaching uh, somebody who's fairly significant, maybe the thing to do is to um, is to go forward and say, gee, do you know of anybody or can you refer me to anybody? And if the person's really interested, they'll say, why not me? And, and cool. this was a classic case, and, and I took up the opportunity. 
That is awesome. Yeah, and it challenged your comfort zone. Think about it, right? Going from this very analytical, um, cerebral job to, yeah, let's go on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, uh, as a growing up in New York City, first as a Brooklynite and then suburban New York, uh, I was always involved with um, going to sports and entertainment events and it was always my passion. And here I was, I was given the opportunity to start to participate. From the from behind the scenes, so to speak. So that's kind of cool, right? Not only just being the audience, but being being one of the, the key factors behind the production. So, uh, mm-hmm. God, I was going to say, so so how how did that go? And did you find that you had a skill that you didn't know you even had? Well, it's not so much a, a skill as much as a, a the background that was applicable. Uh, what you'll find in the world of Broadway producing, which, which is, uh, for me, it, it's a passion and a hobby. Uh, it, it's not what I do for my day-in and day-out living. Uh, I still hold a very uh, significant financial position, but more uh, more is uh, looking forward to uh, contributing and, and kind of being a supportive uh, angel in the, uh, the entertainment world. Uh, I found that my business skills were very, very applicable. Uh, either you come from a, a technical uh, background, uh, maybe a legal background in becoming a producer, which are a number of people who are Broadway producers. And I would say about half of the producers are former actors or directors, uh, people that understand the craft itself. So it's a very interesting combination of who you'll find in the Broadway producing world. That's awesome. And that your strength was able to contribute, again, natural skills you had, that they were transferable on a totally different platform than, you know, the financial um, industry. So, so then you went from mortgage to brought back to the, back to the investments, if I understand that, or you went yeah, no, to mortgage. Been, uh, Go ahead. No, I've gone back to the world of, uh, of still uh, being involved with consumer products, being the financial manager, and, and currently uh, that's, that's what I do for my living. Uh, the Broadway producing for me, it's, uh, it's a nice plus. Uh, but you really have to have a passion for it. And if I could tell anybody, if you're going to be successful, and I attended my uh, daughter's graduation a few weeks ago, and Billy Joel had received an honorary doctorate, and his advice to graduating uh, students is find something you're passionate about, and that's the way you're going to succeed. Yeah, if you love what you do, you become good at it, and then the money just comes, and that's just the reality. And that's such a, a very, very powerful message for, I think, the kids. If, if parents are listening, maybe have them listen to the show, that anything is possible. And just because you choose one path doesn't mean that it doesn't cross paths with other industries and other positions and other interesting people because you never – and that's the other cool thing, I think, Michael. And I think we, we chatted a bit before about our children – that I think we've taught them that life is a beautiful thing. And sometimes you've got to roll with it, good, bad, and ugly, and all those things, but you never know who you're going to meet. And that's the interesting piece that, you know, here somebody approached you, and bam, you're doing something that was, was always your passion. And now you were able to translate that into, you know, kind of a, a business uh, platform for yourself as well. So it's just so, it's all just so interesting. So now. Uh, yes. No, I, no, go ahead, finish what you were saying. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say you're, you're probably jumping to the, the topic of networking, and, and that's just the difference in the, the last <laughs> three decades 
where if you're looking to change your career, there, there used to be the ability to look in a, um, in a newspaper in the good old days when there were one ads in newspapers, and you would either manually or now online you would submit um, your, your uh, background for consideration for a position. Today it's all about networking. It's all about who, you know, it's no longer the six degrees of separation, which was uh, the, the title to uh, probably two decades ago. I believe you're, you're one or two degrees of separation between yourself and the next opportunity or person that you're trying to reach. Yeah, and it's funny, on the show um, last week, uh, the person that uh, we just put the show up, her, her name is Stephanie Banks. She's from BC, Canada. And she had written a book and was her and her husband were searching for platforms to highlight the book, get spotlighted and, and you know, get some, some traction. And so she sent me an email. Now she's from B C Canada. <laughs> I'm oh, in New yeah. Jersey. Like, what? So they found me and we actually ended up doing two shows. She's a brilliant author and her experience is just tremendous. But here I ne- when would I ever meet somebody from BC Canada? And she's a, she, her and her brother own a landscaping company. And here I am, you know, financial person. Who would who would think that our that two roads should cross? And that's really the beauty of the internet, beauty of our our global um, society. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and the, the people I've met around the world, whether it be through LinkedIn or Facebook, I'm, I'm not a Twitter type of guy. Uh, I've now gone through uh, five Broadway productions. Uh, I've won a Tony Award for Pippin when it was revived in 2013. Uh, and, and the people who have uh, either referred me or uh, come on board have been all around the country and all around the world. And that never could have been done before, before no. the, uh, the social uh, media aspect added onto the internet. It really is such an exciting time. And, you know, I alluded before to the millennials saying, you stayed at a company 45 years, like, are you nuts? But the reality is we didn't have the exposure that they now have at their fingertips. I was talking to someone uh, yesterday or the day before, something when I minored in computer science in college 100 years ago, and the, I minored in it, the computers filled up a room. They were ginormous. And the person I was talking to, I said, you see that phone in your hand, that iPhone? That's more powerful than the room filled with all of these ginormous um, machinery, you know. So I, I was the, a computer operator when I attended Boston University as a uh, part-time and night job, and they used to have card reading decks. And uh, I remember yes. the uh, Honeywell 6000s and the punch cards and yes. how cold those rooms were and how big that equipment is. And if you remember the first PC that was the size of a suitcase and weighed about 75 pounds, and yes. moves so incredibly slowly. And look today, there's the smartphone, and you alluded to it. I think eventually we're going to have a chip in the in your head. Oh, I have this firmware updated chip. You'll think it'll happen. It's it's quite it's the way it's changed human dynamics, and the way not only uh, that we work, but the way we socialize, what we do with our time, uh, the lack of what I consider a real break in downtime, and the impact on society. It's only getting started. It is. And, and really, again, what an exciting time to live and to see and for our kids to be at that entering, you know, entering stage. Your daughter just graduated, looking to go to law school. My son is just going into college. What an exciting time for them. So, you know, I just, I, the future, I think, is really, it, with the economy and all of the, the wars and everything that's going on, there's always bad stuff. 
I think we just see it more now because of the social media that we were um, our our parents and grandparents were less exposed because we, they didn't have internet and et cetera. So all of that, I think, makes it even more in our living rooms every night. But I think this is just an exciting time to be living through. Michael, let's take a brief break. And then when we come back, I'm really um, interested in pursuing the conversation. We kind of touched on it, but that whole networking idea that that's, that's it now. We, you know, going through the newspaper or just even, what was it a few years ago, monster.com. I think that's oh, yeah. almost becoming obsolete, right? So let's, so when that, we come back. That, let's, that, let's, that is correct. It's really hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, so when we come back, let's, I really want to drill down and talk about that because I think that's such an important topic, not only for, the, for young kids, but for us middle-aged folks who are shifting oh, yeah. gears and shifting jobs. So, yeah, let's, let's take a break and then we'll talk about that. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back with Michael Rubenstein, and we are talking about just midlife changes and how any change could really be exciting. It's, it's, it really comes down to choice. Now, the next topic I want to I kind of delve into is networking, networking, networking. It truly is the key, right? So talk to yeah. me a little bit about that. You can never stop networking. You, you could network yourself into the ground. Um, I, I think you can make a, a lot of great connections. What, what I find extremely important is a timely, um, let's say you're attending a networking event where someone introduces you. Key, key, key is within the next 24, 48 hours to follow up with that person, send them a very professional note, a very welcoming note, uh, and then if, depending on the geography, if they're, they're close to you, see if you can meet up for uh, coffee or a glass of wine. Uh, if they're farther away, then set up a, a phone call. Uh, I think you, you have to have the progression in mind. You have to have the time in your schedule. Right? So many of us today, uh, my, my children are in their late teens and early 20s. Uh, the amount of time and effort uh, that you need to go network uh, really takes you away from your, your home life. Uh, if you have the free time, uh, you, you certainly could use it in that direction. But it, it's very important to go to as many networking events as you possibly can. Yeah, and I'll just share an interesting um, connection of friends, p- colleagues, whatever you want to call it. One of my clients, you know, we've become friends over the years, and she was going to a networking event, and the topic, she thought, oh, Connie would love this topic. So she emailed me, hey, are you available? You know, go to this networking event. Because we try to share when there's a good and interesting where you know there's some depth to the networking event, we try to include each other. Again, so we all expand our, our personal networks. So anyway, I was unable to go. I was booked that day at a client, and 
she went, thought the topic was awesome, and met this woman named Roe, and left her, she had to leave to get to a meeting, so she didn't get to speak to the speaker of the, the network of the keynote speaker. So she wrote a hand note and said, I really want you to talk to this um, Connie Whitman Architect of Change show. I think that your message is so vibrant and, and relevant that I think it would be great. Here's my card, and let me know if you're interested. So Roe reaches out to Bernadette and says, do you know this person, Connie, you know, or do you follow her? And she says, no, she says, I really had the pleasure of knowing Connie, and I think you should connect. And Roe and I, right before um, you and I started doing the show, she and I had a quick conference call. So it's just so – and then she and I were chatting and how much we had in common. It's remarkable that – there, we have so much that is in common with people, and now when you talk to people and you network and you open yourself up to relate to other people, you find how much we are all the same. We really are all the same at the core. Very, very true. Um, and you know, it also depends on, on your personality. Uh, for me, and, and you alluded to in the beginning, I'm, I'm a, a finance guy. Uh, I'm not the sales or marketing type. Uh, probably at the beginning of an event, you'll find me more standing up against the wall as I warm up a little bit. Uh, there are other people that, for example, the, the BNI groups, the Business Network uh, International Organization, which is all around the country and all around the world, from what I understand. Uh, 7 a.m. breakfast. Uh, you're over, I believe, by around 8.30. I find it very tough to, to arrive at 7 a.m. and to be all cheery and looking forward to a networking event. Other people, it's really a natural for. Yeah, and and it's so funny. I, I've done other shows that we've talked about the importance of networking, and some of the key things that really we need to keep in perspective because you do want to network, but you really want to be mindful and choose networks that have depth, like like the way Bernadette and I had communicated, we keep each other informed. Who's mm -hmm. the keynote speaker? What is the networking? Who's, who's, who's hosting it? Um, because you can go to a million networking events, and I, I, you probably in your lifetime, I know in mine, you go and you think, oh, my God, what a waste of time. So you want to be selective. So you want to do a little bit of homework beforehand if you can, but you have to go to as many as you can realistically fit into your day because if you're not networking, you're not meeting people, you're really not exposing yourself um, to the best of your ability and because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring and when someone in your network is going to be the one who says, I got the job for you or I've been waiting for you to knock on my door and say you're looking, you know, you're looking for a new job, right? So we have to be, we have to be out there, but I think you have to be mindful to find what works for you. So if the BNIs don't work for you, right, then, okay, don't go to them. What are the ones that would no, be significant? Uh, well, not, not only that, but I think it's key when you're at a networking event to uh, choose your time uh, wisely. What I mean by that is you can spend 20 minutes with one person in a very in-depth conversation. Uh, my personal style, I prefer to spend a few minutes with someone, exchange business cards or contact information, and then I make it a point within the next, uh, again, 24, 48 hours to write them and then set up a, a, a meet and greet. If you're investing all your time at a networking event and, and a few individuals, you're, you're missing out on the opportunity. Yeah, uh, well, and that, that, well, that's the platform, right, to, that you're exposed to many individuals at the same time. 
Well, you'd be surprised how many people are, are focused on a, a conversation with one or two people and miss out on the meeting. Of, let's say there are 35, 50 people at an event. If somehow you can walk away with 15 business cards and contact information, that's successful. If somehow you can obtain a list of the attendees, if there's a voluntary list, and then go down the list and follow up with everyone, whether you met them or you did not meet them, uh, then you can start the back-and-forth dialogue of, uh, I guess, drill-down networking. Yeah, that's just tremendous advice. See, you're, you've, 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 this is not your first rodeo, right? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Especially in the world of Broadway, uh, right, right now I'm on a show called On the Town. Uh, I have uh, nine individuals that have come in as part of a group. Uh, and, and I describe it as an experiential investment. It's very, very different than looking at real estate or the stock market. Uh, these people are, are um, you know, come from all different walks of life, but they understand this is a, a very uh, exciting, living, breathing uh, opportunity for them to participate in uh, supporting a great art form. Absolutely. Now, you're working on this show now. When will it come to, and is it off-Broadway? No, this is on Broadway. Awesome. It, it, it opened last uh, September, October in the fall. Uh, it's currently running at the Lyric Theater on uh, right on 42nd Street off of Times Square. I uh, received fabulous reviews. Um, other shows I've done in the past uh, have been Bullets Over Broadway, the Woody Allen show, uh, Rocky, which was bringing Rocky to Broadway, uh, and a Spell Parsons show uh, called Velocity of Autumn. And Pippin, which I started with, which won the uh, the Tony Award, uh, and and that's uh, for for the producer that that's uh, as good as it gets. Uh, the, wow! Winning the Tony and the other awards, it's a, a lifetime of achievement, which I was fortunate enough to achieve in my my first Broadway show. Isn't that just the coolest? So I guess you own a tuxedo. You don't rent it, right? It's in your closet. I, I actually, this year, <laughs> made the leap. I, I finally did, and uh, I attended the Tony Awards this year. It was, it was a very well done show. Uh, unfortunately, on the town did not win, but we had a great performance. Uh, anyone who wants to see it, go uh, YouTube it. I, I think it was the best performance of the uh, of the show. Awesome! That is so much fun. What a great experience for you. And it was cute as you were uh, talking about it and and just the different shows. You, you sounded like a kid, you know, on Christmas morning, getting real excited. You're, you're, uh, it was really very sweet and very endearing. So <laughs> I hope oh, everybody's going to see you. the show. Look, there, there, there are only uh, producers on Broadway. There, there's probably less than a thousand. It's a very close community uh, compared to film and television, uh, which are, are more located uh, either in Los Angeles or spread in New York a little bit. Uh, and the New York scene is really uh, ex pretty exclusive to Broadway, uh, so that's worked out well for me. How exciting that you, you know, we get to live so close to Manhattan and really, you know, are exposed to so much culture and, and like you said, all these different shows. And for you to be living in that environment as well, it's just so, and again, it's, see, it's all about the networking and who you're meeting and who you're, you're talking to, that opportunity presents itself. It's all about itself. the place and time. It, it really is. Uh, I don't. If you're in Silicon Valley and you're in technology, and that's what you want to do, that's your your networking opportunity. It's obvious. Uh, many many startup companies travel the country making pitches and presentations, uh, and that's how they start. So it depends on the in the industry, the platform, your specific set of tools, and where you want to project yourself and advance in your career or your personal interests. 
Absolutely. Tell us, just share with everybody. So now you went from financial to, you know, the industry. So what do you have in store? And pardon the very cute um, uh, terminology I'm using here. But what do you have in store for your Act 3 or your closing performance, your final encore, if you will? Oh, Jake, uh, I, I guess you could say I've played the uh, front nine of my business career or maybe the, on the, the back nine of an 18. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy my work. Um, some people have interests to retire to. Uh, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now and hope, it, hope to continue it for uh, another uh, couple of decades. Uh, if I, I could do that, I'd be very, very happy. Uh, and, and I enjoy being uh, my full-time work as well as my passion in theater. I love it. I think it's awesome. You are truly inspiring. If you can give a tip to anyone that is at a transition of change in career, what would be that one or two tip for them to their takeaway from from the show, your words of wisdom, if you will? Well, yeah, I, I think there's a great uh, Monty Python song, Always Look on the Sunny Side of Life. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you know you're probably starting to hum it. Uh, that's exactly what we want when you're walking out of a Broadway theater. Always remember the, the closing song. Uh, but in this case, you, you always have to find the positive. Every day is a new opportunity. You have to continue to apply yourself on multiple levels. I, I catch myself not getting too engrossed and just going down in a singular direction because I think advancing and moving the, the ball ahead in your own personal life uh, it requires you to apply yourself on multiple fronts. So, so just don't become so narrowly focused. Continue to, um, I had a friend who said, put as many balls in the air as possible, uh, and then you'll see which ones you truly catch. Yeah, it's it's really true, and and I try in, in my business when I teach classes, um, whether it be sales, time management, coaching, whatever, and I, I always say, life is about skill development. Become better today than you were yesterday and better tomorrow than you were today, and just keep moving forward and growing, and opportunity presents itself. And not only opportunity, but really the opportunity of the things that you want to do because the exposure's there, you're open to it, you're constantly growing, and networking is part of that, the people you're meeting. Um, but you have to grow. You have to become better every day. And, and I, your words of wisdom are, are beautiful. And what you said in the first uh, part of the show is to be successful, um, and it was at your daughter's graduation that um, Billy Joel, uh, did he speak? Did Billy Joel actually speak? Yes, he, he, he was not the keynote speaker. He received an honorary doctorate but spent about five minutes on uh, making his remarks. And, and I think that the best was, uh, was one that, you know, pick your passion in life. Uh, I think with all our children today that are going off to school, uh, you're, you're finding them more looking for a vocational uh, education versus a, a thinking education. And I've always expressed to my, my children that I, I can care less about their grades. I care the most about their learning and, and what they learn and going through the exercise of learning because that's what's going to serve them well in life. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. And, yes, find your passion. I, I agree. Um, Michael, our time is up, but thank you so, so much for just the the depth of the, the, the topic today and sharing your personal story and it's intriguing and inspiring and I hope everybody is taking, you know, just some uh, in, inspiration away from it and your tips are fabulous. If you folks out there would like to connect 
with Michael. Are you on LinkedIn by chance too, Michael? Oh, sure. I didn't ask. I'm, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Uh, those are my two, uh, uh, I guess, of my public face. Yes. And if you'd like to connect more privately, um, I'm going to give you Michael's email address and I will put that on the Web Talk Radio platform so that if you do have further questions or you'd like to discuss something, um, you could connect. And I'm going to give it to you. It's Mar Rubenstein. Let me spell it. M-A-R-R-U-B, like boy, E-N-S-T-E-I-N at yahoo.com. And again, I'll put that on the, the web, uh, web Talk Radio link. Also, if you have a similar story or an inspiring story of your own that you had some crossroad of change, please email me and share that story. I love to share it on, on the show. And you know what? Maybe how you did it can inspire or help someone who's at a crossroad and maybe is a little bit stuck. So send your stories to me at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. And, of course, it's C-O-N-N-I-E at and then W-H-I-T-M-A-N. A-S-S-O-C dot com. And I'll look for those stories. Uh, Michael, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Everyone, I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that, you know what, it's actually easier than we often think. Uh, Michael, thank you so much again. You were an awesome guest. So much appreciated. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak. Yes, don't hang up by, uh, when I stop the, the recording. Just hang up for one more second. I want to thank sure. you personally. Okay. Um, again, everybody, thank you so much for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much. Have an awesome week. Go and be inspired. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I...